y'all. Hey, it's your girl Sharice, and welcome to the Grown Ass Folk Podcast. Um, uh, today's topic is going to be uh, breaking generational curses. I don't really love that term, but there's not a whole bunch of other things to call it in the uh, mental health community and um, in the medical profession. It's called intergenerational trauma. Um, that doesn't really seem to sum it up either. It's a little bit general. Um, because we're talking about, of course, black families today. Um, and, and the things that are very specific to African American families. Now, this does happen in other cultures. Of course, of course, you know, Jewish people have their own set of particular problems that come from the history and the, the atrocities they've suffered. Um, and, you know, just different people in different regions can have these same issues. It's not necessarily exclusive to African-Americans, but um, we have some pretty hard and deep um, generational curses to overcome if we can. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I hate to be so heavy. Um, to Today we are about less than 24 hours in from learning that um, Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all three counts in, um, in, the tri- in the trial of the murder of George Floyd. And in the midst of our celebration of that, we learn about um, Micaiah Bryant, who was a 16-year-old baby shot and killed by the police. So um, this was just on my heart, um, and I know that it's heavy, but bear with me. I will try to not be so gloom and doom, um, but yeah, it's just, it's a heavy day, um, it's a heavy week for us, I feel like. Uh, last week was heavy, too, and so that, but that was more personal reasons, and um, so yeah, this is just the space that I'm in. I promise we're going to get back to having fun, but you know, I can't force myself. I don't want to force myself with you guys because I could. I could come on and be fake and talk about all the lighthearted, funny things, even though I feel heavy inside. But I don't think that that would come off as authentic. Um, and I, that's all I want to be with you all is really, really, really authentic and um, and always come from a place of truth. And um, if my healing can happen here, then, you know, I don't want to block that blessing. And if somebody else's healing can happen here, I definitely want that. I, I, I definitely, you know, want to, if I can be a source of healing or heading in the right direction for someone. So here we are. We're going to talk about generational curses. I hope you hang in there with me. Um, this is going to be a deep one today, but um, I promise that. I will try to not be too gloomy on this one. So stick around and um, let's talk about it. All right. So uh, what are generational curses? I feel like um, the, the term is kind of thrown around a lot and um, there's not really there's not always a whole lot of clarity on exactly what it is. And, um, I mean, it's, it's quite simple. 
and in that generational curses are simply a pattern of behavior um, that come down from generations. Um, it's actually a biblical term, which a lot of people don't know or realize, but um, it's based, it's rooted in, um, you know, the idea of the sins of the father and the fact that mankind paid for the sins of Adam and Eve and sin and death became a thing when they committed the first original sin. And so their, the, the bones, the skeletons in their closets were passed down through generations of humanity. And so now today, the world that we live in, it's, it's harsh, but it's harsh because of um, the sins of our father. So that's kind of what it's rooted in. But um, it's a pattern of behaviors and, um, you know, ideals, thought processes, um, parts of our culture that is taught and handed down that are not necessarily the most healthy um, cultural markers. And, um, and, and our traits and behaviors that come down to us from the way that we were raised, from the way the person that raised us was raised and all the way back through the history to our um, original family. So, and then also science believes that there are some, you know, DNA things in there as well, um, where your family's DNA and um, even down to like medical history um, is passed along from generation to generation. Um, so health, mental health, like how we have problems with heart disease and we have problems with diabetes and um, we have problems with depression and things like that. All of those things can be passed down from generation to generation until someone breaks the cycle. Um, so I think one of the biggest things here is is going to be identifying those markers, um, the curses, quote unquote, and the behaviors um, that need to be broken, um, identifying what how what shape they take in our lives and how we manifest those negative behaviors and pass them on to our children or our you know the, the next generation coming up um, because if you don't identify them then you can't stop them now some people um, take on the tall task of trying to break generational curses in their families where they've already happened. So trying to break generational curses with their mothers and their grandmothers and, you know, back through the generations. I personally, and I don't, I mean, if I, if I have any psychiatrists or psychologists listening, um, please feel free to leave me some comments or, you know, send me a message on Instagram or um, even comment on some of my posts on Instagram to correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I just feel like it's such a tall task to go back and try to change things in your family with the people who have already set this standard or um, even to try to find information or find out about things that happen to other people in your family 
when they, you know, as a, as a culture, we generally, our elders don't generally like to go back digging through the skeletons in their closet and they don't like to bring up old stuff or go to therapy or, you know, talk things out or any of those things. It can be very difficult, especially when you're dealing with black elders. Um, So I just feel like that's a very tall task. And I feel like it gets easier if you decide that you are breaking the generational curses and they stop with you and you can work on yourself and you can work on yourself and work on your children or, you know, your nieces and nephews, whatever the next generation is coming up to make sure that you kind of sort these things out uh, if it's at all possible, because going back and trying to find information sometimes is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. We are one of the only cultures in the world who have had our historical identity or our legacies extinguished. We are here in America. Some of us are in Jamaica. Some of us are, you know, in the UK, but we don't, because of the slave trade, it is very, very hard for us to get any traction when we try to go back and retrace our roots. Not all of us. Some people know their lineage and their heritage all the way back to the beginning and, you know, with tribe and things like that. But for most of us, that is very, very difficult to do. And so for me, I think that it's best that we learn our circumstances and our triggers and our curses and the behaviors so that we can work on fixing it in ourselves. Because if we fix it in ourselves, then when we have children or when we have younger people coming up under us, we can teach them the better way. And that is one way of breaking the curse. You don't necessarily have to have the circle being broken by going back and healing a bunch of people who don't want to deal with the problems and the issues um, that cause pain or discomfort or trauma. So that's just my opinion on that. Um, I do know people who have you know, through family counseling and things like that, uh, family retreats and that sort of thing, we're able to kind of go back and, and identify some of the trauma and um, and work through it with family members who went through it, especially when it comes to things like abuse and um, addiction and things like that. I think um, one of the biggest examples of is of what many families are able to do on the show, uh, Azania, Ayanla <laughs> fixed my life. Um, a lot of them are able kind of to, to, to do it as a group, um, as like a family unit. And I, I, I commend anybody who can do that, who has the resources to do that. But I do not think that I do. Um, a lot of, a lot of the things that happened in my family, um, there's just a lot. There's a lot going on in any given black family. You've got your auntie that was adopted. You've got this cousin who your grandmother's sister took in because their mother was, you know, on drugs or and there was no official adoption. This is just like back in the 50s and 60s, 40s, 50s and 60s, even farther back than that. You could just like somebody could just like give you their kid 
and that kid just lives with you and there doesn't really need to be any government interference at all um it's not so it it wasn't so much red red tape as it is today so you know this person might not be your real cousin i saw something the other day where there was a family and the 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 son was really the woman's grandson because her daughter had a baby really young and so she raised the child as his own so there's a lot of things like that that happen in the black family and then we can go back as far as slavery being sold and separated and you just whatever family unit you can build on that plantation is just what you have so it's just very hard for us to go back and find those markers especially when it comes to dna because our dna is kind of all over the place like you you know who your mother is for sure you know who your father is for sure but it's hard to to trace anything concrete for a lot of us so i think it starts with you that's that's just my personal opinion and if you can do something better um and if you can do it another way then i like hats off to you because that is very difficult to do but um <clears throat> when you work on yourself and you are able to identify the behaviors um then you're able to fix it for future generations and the circle will be unbroken because you're able to fix it for example mental health um a lot of black families do not believe in you know, going to seek professional help when you have a mental health, a mental health issue. They believe in working it out or drinking it away or bottling it up and saving face and being strong, which the strong black woman is just, I love the idea of it, but I think it is, it is the downfall of a lot of black women because we have to be so strong all the time and we can never focus on healing and we can never focus on health and wealth because we're too busy being the strong black woman um and it happens in society too because it turns out that there was this study that you know there are doctors who think that black women don't feel pain as much as our counterparts of other races um which is asinine but it's something that's thought and that's because we <clears throat> we live and stand on this ideal of strong black women. I have to be a strong black woman. I have to be strong. I have to have this baby and go back to work. I have to carry this entire family. I have to I have to save my children from this abuse by taking the abuse myself. I have to, you know, we have all of these things, all of these pieces of body armor that we put on that we we somehow in the shuffle get dehumanized because people think that we are indestructible when really it is us just having on armor to protect ourselves from the ills of the world um so um mental health is one of the biggest things that i think that um one of the biggest generational curses that we need to break um what are some of the others abuse addiction um of course we have to some of us i I was watching the michelle story 
yesterday, I think. I'm addicted. I, I had never seen, like, the Bobby Brown story, New Edition story, any of those. Um, T, the TLC story, I had not seen any of it because I have, I don't really love BT movies, and I thought they were all going to be terrible. Um, and I think one of them is, like, a VH1 movie, but I still didn't want to see it. And so um, I watched... New edition story, Bobby Brown story. And I was like, oh, my God, this is good. And so I dragged my husband to watch, um, and I rewatched all of them because they were that good because I wanted my husband to see them. And so we were like, are there any other, like, 80s celebrities or people in entertainment who have, like, a biopic that we could watch? And I was like, man, Surviving Compton, duh. So um, we watched Surviving Compton yesterday, and... I just, it just broke my heart um, that she was saying that her mother taught her that a man is going to beat you. Like, all men are going to beat you. Don't try to look for one that's not, because they all are. And you have to just, like, if he does that, then that means that he cares. Because he if he didn't give a fuck about you, then why would he take the time out of his day to kick your ass, you know? And I'm just like, I was so heartbroken because a part of the show came, a part of the movie came where um, she was like, and I'm going to, I'm going to have a whole, a whole episode about this movie um, just because there was so much in it. So that Malcolm Marie, look forward to it. It's coming. But um, she said something to the tune of like, he was crying. I sh- I was crying and I know I should have left him, but I was just grateful that, you know, he loved me so much that he hit me. It's basically what she said. I know it, it wasn't those words exactly, but, um, and I was just so heartbroken and I, I, I thought about it and I know that generational, I know that abuse is definitely a generational curse. So I'm concrete on that. I know that sexual, physical, mental abuse are all curses that can't, that, you know, should be broken if at all possible. But I never really thought about the side of it where it's a curse because you're not necessarily watching your mother be beaten or abused, but she tells you this is like a lesson that she actively gives you. Like, she sits you down, kind of like having the birds and the bees conversation, but instead of talking about the birds and the bees, she tells you that if a man hits you, he loves you. That's fucked up, man. Like, I, I, that realization just, it kind of hit me really, really hard. Her story's really, really sad, but, um, so that's one of, you know, one of the types of curses, um, of financial um financial strains poverty um not knowing how to deal with money that is definitely one of them um there are a lot of people who they have a terrible relationship with money because they had no one to give them the guidance that they needed to have a healthy relationship with money. Um, that's definitely one of them. That's, I, I, it's a big one in the, in the black community because we live in such poverty 
that, and I'm not saying that all black people live in poverty and there are no rich black people, but we are talking about, we are talking about, I have to say we, I have to say we, because many, 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 many of us do not come from any sort of generational wealth. If we are wealthy, it is usually because we are, we created that wealth in our own generation and time or our parents created the wealth and we were you know born into it that way there isn't a whole lot of you know black american royalty that goes back you know generations and generations and generations for the most part we tend to live in you know the hood and in poverty and living our with our parents living paycheck to paycheck and then we live paycheck to paycheck and then a lot of us come up and go to college rather you rather everybody in your family is going to college or you're the first person but that that brings on a whole new realm of problematic behaviors just simply uh, financially just simply by going to college so a lot of us are raised in a place where no one has the resources to teach us about wealth or finance because they don't have any um, connection to wealth or being or having healthy finances or having a healthy relationship with their finances. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're there's not a whole lot of room and space and opportunity to have good credit. A lot of these places, the cost of living is getting so high where even if you do have a job, even if you do go out and get a job, you're not even making base pay enough to cover your rent every month. So how can you then teach your children how to have a healthy relationship with money when it is not possible for you? It's not something that's in your line of sight. Now, you can teach your children you know, this is, this is what bad credit, credit looks like. Don't do this. And you can teach your children about banking and saving and credit and, you know, all of those things. But there's no, there's not a whole lot of room for good, healthy examples. So that, that is also a big generational curse, um, that happens in the black community. I had so many examples going into this and I should have written them all down, but I, I, you know, put my little ellipses because I figured that that would, that would be enough to remind me and it's not. <laughs> um, so, um, I feel like, um, intergenerational trauma, like I said before, I feel like it's really, really generalized to fit the different you know, t cultures that, it, that you know, it could be, that can suffer from these types of things. But um, I feel like trauma is a better word than curse. Because while we are predisposed to these things, and they absolutely are behaviors that are usually taught, it is it's trauma because by the time it gets to us it's predisposed but to the original family 
it was their it was their trauma that they had to take on and then when you pass down trauma it's traumatic for everyone and like it's traumatic for each person that it gets passed on to for me personally a lot of the uh generational curses in my family um first of all most of them have to do with health so I find myself in my adult life when I'm trying and I feel like my mom broke a lot of the the generational curses in my family and the trauma when it as it relates to health because she had she was the one that had to take care of her mother and she watched people in her family get sick pass away and she did a very good job of you know, attempting to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that happen to black people um, health-wise. And she kind of passed that on to me. My mother was very, very um, intentional in trying to get me to eat different vegetables and love different types of food. And I didn't really have a whole lot of fast food growing up. I would have McDonald's maybe once every three months or so. Or because my brother, uh, you all know that my brother is 10 years older than me. So, if you know, when I was eight, he was 18. When I was six, he was 16. So if my brother had like McDonald's or something like that, that he bought with his own money, you know, I could have, he would buy me some or I could have some of his fries or something like that. But I, other than that, fast food was not something that was a regular occurrence in my household when I was a younger child. Um, my mother, she just did a lot to, to kind of try to break that generational curse. And I'm doing the same thing. So, you know, people in my family, some of the older people in my family laugh because, um, you know, I might, I'm, uh, pescatarian or you know if I'm eating vegetarian or if I'm you know cutting different things out of my diet or laughing because I eat things that they would never eat or you know you know these sorts of things the same thing on my husband's side and on in his family he people think it's so funny that he's a vegetarian um and I, I think that that is that is an instance of breaking the curse and then for me, I, I've, it's hard to think about these things as a child. Some children do. Um, for me, it was something that was always in the back of my mind as a child. Like I saw the dysfunction and I saw what needed to change and what needed to happen. And I was acutely aware of these things, probably more so than most people, you know, at the ages that I was, most kids. But um, for me, I think the realization is coming now that I'm older and I can have these conversations with my mom because my mom and her sister are kind of far apart in age somewhat. My brother and I are kind of far apart in age and my mother and I now sit and have conversations about things that my grandmother and grandfather and her and you know great grandmother would say about you know each set of siblings and we would we kind of compa <clears throat> compare notes and talk and we can see <clears throat> excuse me that in my family 
some of those traumas got passed down and nobody even realized that they were passing the relay. There's so many similar things between my mom and her sister and me and my brother. So many similar personality traits and things that we do and say and the ways that we act towards each other. And um, I just had never it it never really hit me until I had the conversation with my mother until I had to say it out loud because I did realize it but I didn't really understand the scope of how similar these two sets of siblings are if I if I can step outside of myself for a minute and just look at the four people my mom and her sister and me and my brother I never realized how similar we are as siblings in the way that we interact with each other um so I feel like I went on a little rant there and I started rambling a little bit. I'm going to listen back to this episode and see if there's anything that I need to edit out. But I just feel, um, I feel strongly about this topic just simply because the circle can be unbroken. And even now, I see a lot of the traumas and the behaviors the unhealthy behaviors that start to kind of come out in the generation after me and my nieces and nephews that I have been as much as an auntie can because you know my nieces and nephews do listen to me and they respect me simply because I'm so much younger than my brother so for them, their father, their mother and father is like ancient and I'm kind of I kind of get the benefit of being like the cool aunt just simply because of the age difference. But um, when I am speaking with them, I find myself being able to kind of see both ends of the stick. You know, I can see both ends of the candle burning because I can totally understand where they're coming from, but I can totally understand where their parents are coming from. And I think it's my job. Um, in this generation and in my family, like I've always felt like I'm the glue. I don't know how true that is, but that's just the feeling that I have. Um, and I feel like it's my job for them to bridge, to kind of bridge that gap. And I usually do a good job of making them see other people's side of the story, um, and giving them a little bit of context and understanding where there was none before. And so I see a lot of, you know, reoccurring themes in the trauma and in the behaviors that I think I can stop or help stop along with their parents just simply because I'm able to explain it in a, in a way that is different. Like, I don't have to explain it as it's my way or the highway, do what I say, not what I do, and all of those other black adages that you know, are unhealthy in the first place and, you know, don't make any sense. But I I can explain it to them in a way where, you know, because a lot of my nieces and nephews are adults. Um, I think, I think, let's count. I have, I want to say four, five, six. So out of 13 nieces and nephews, I have six that are still, you know, um, babies not babies none of them are babies but you know children young children um maybe between the ages of like eight and eleven 
And then the rest of them are grown up. So I think my youngest adult niece is 19. My oldest adult niece and nephew are both 25, coming up on 26 this year. Um, so, and I forgot why I went into their ages, but <laughs> I can explain things to them in a, in a way that they can understand in an adult way. I'm not going to, I don't have to patronize them. I don't have to be condescending. I don't have to have some of the old adages that black parents tend to have when they're talking to their children about things that are going on, behaviors and traumas and things like that. I can kind of be cut and dry and clear with them about the things that are happening in their lives. And I feel like that that for me is a better way of breaking generational curses than trying to go back and fix your grandma because your grandma don't want to hear shit about what you got to say. I mean, sometimes you'll be able to do that. You can go back and talk to your aunts and uncles and your grandmother and your mother and have them, you know, apologize for those things. And, and you can have like this breakthrough moment and it's great. And you've had like a family retreat and it's awesome. But then next Wednesday, we're going to go back to the same shutting down and don't want to talk about it. And I'm not going to change and I'm setting my ways. So I feel like the best way to break the gener generational curses is the way that I'm describing by going to your children, going to your nieces and nephews and the generation that's coming up under you and, and telling them what is wrong with the picture. And letting them know, hey, you are not crazy for the way that you're feeling. You are not totally insane for the dumb shit that you do. Some of it, you are predisposed to go through. Some of these things you're going through because it is literally in your DNA. And um, I was listening to a podcast and I don't, oh my goodness, I don't know the lady's name. I'm going to try to go back because I definitely want to give credit where credit is due. But um, I was listening to this podcast and I don't even know how old it is, but uh, it's by Nikita Banks. And it was about, you know, breaking the cycle of generational curses, that sort of thing. And she was saying that I'm going to try to find it. Nikita Banks, Generational Curses. She was saying that um, science hasn't really done a whole lot of research about uh, inter intergenerational trauma in the black community and how these traumas and these behaviors, especially when it comes to health and mental health, are embedded in our DNA from the original family and from things that happened to us from before slavery. And her guess is that people don't want to do that. People don't want to support that sort of research because then white America would probably owe us a lot more than they already do. And I totally agree with that. But it does not change the fact that it is an actual thing, that your DNA and the way that people in your family respond to stimuli in their environment is something that is, it's, there's a biology to it. There's like a physiology to that. And so I, my biggest message to my nieces and nephews is that, hey, 
the things that you are going through, your parents, of course, it is their job to make it seem like you are just being irrational and you're doing things that are dumb and stupid and you should fix it and you should, you know, all of these things. But there's some of that that's DNA. You act like that because that's how your mother acts. And believe me, she is aggravated. Because everything that she did to her mother is coming back to bite her in the ass. So we can, we can, ha- I can have those conversations with them because I'm not their parent. I do understand that when you are a parent, it is, I wouldn't say it is frowned upon, but it's very difficult to internalize your child's behavior when they're being a little asshole. Um, so I understand that, but if, but as auntie, I can come in and give it some context and say, yeah, you acting crazy. And there, there's a difference between intergenerational trauma and fucking take, like personal accountability because take accountability for your actions. These cycles can be broken. You just have to not be a dumbass and break them. You don't have to repeat other people's unhealthy choices and behaviors. You can actually choose to do things better. So I'm not, I don't take away the personal accountability factor in there, but there is a certain level of understanding that comes with giving a child context or giving a younger person context and letting them know, hey, you like, you feel this way. But listen to this story about your aunt. Listen to this story about your cousin. Listen to this story about your grandpa. And it will give you a little bit of understanding that you are not the first person to feel this way in human history. People can identify with you. You can identify with others. You're not in it alone. Um, So, yeah, I feel like I just feel like going forward, like breaking, breaking the trauma, breaking the curses and the cycles for yourself identifying those traumas, getting help from a mental health professional, going to the doctor, taking care of yourself, setting boundaries, all of those things help to break the circle for yourself. And then helping to guide and give context to the next generation coming up helps to break those circles for the next generation and I feel that that's the most productive way to deal with um breaking generational curses so I hope you guys enjoyed the episode I know it was a little bit heavy I tried to keep it light hope that I did that um I hope you guys leave me some comments feel free to leave me some voicemails on the podcast see me on instagram at grown ass folk no s podcast um, and then on Twitter, I'm at Grown Ass Folk Pod. I will talk to you guys next week. Um, thanks again for joining me. <laughs>